You are now listening to a Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have Friendless TJ. And this is um, Enemy of the State, Jaren. <laughs> this week we are talking about the second law. Never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. And right out the gate, man, right out the gate in the book, Robert Greene, he gets straight to it. He says something to the effect of, be wary of friends. They will betray you more quickly, for they are easily aroused to envy. They also become spoiled and tyrannical. But hire a former enemy, and he will be more loyal than a friend because he has more to prove. In fact, you have more to fear from friends than enemies. If you have no enemies, find a way to make them. So out the gate in the second law, those are the first jewels that he decides to drop. And I thought that that was was pretty jarring because it's kind of opposite of what people tend to believe or that's different from what you're taught growing up. Right. What, What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, well, I mean, you know, as, as I guess as we get older, they, you hear about the uh, keep friends close and, or what they say, give, keep enemies close and your friends closer. Is that how it goes? No, keep, uh, keep friends close, but keep your enemies closer. Okay. So maybe, maybe it's, it's kind of like that whole way of thinking where, you know, but he just put it in a kind of a different way as far as, you know, never put too much trust in your friends. Um, right and learn how to use your enemies um, well <clears throat> i also think he he made the point because he tells you to be wary of friends right but he's saying he's telling you why you have to be careful from the friend because they are easily aroused to envy you in whatever you're doing if you're becoming more powerful right. if you're becoming smarter if you're becoming more financially stable um and, yeah like your friends they know your secrets you know, and, and like they said, if they become envious, it's it's kind of like how you hear about maybe what somebody's new uh, rap song or new song being leaked. That's always yep. somebody close to you that's doing that. Or you know? even your house getting robbed. You know, usually oh, when your yeah. house is broken into, yeah. it's somebody that knows you, right? Definitely. They know exactly where to go. They know exactly when you're home. It's usually somebody who knows you. Right, Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so um, I thought that that was pretty important. And then just the idea of, you know, I heard to keep the enemies closer, but Robert Greene appears to think that you should hire a former enemy and they will be more loyal than a friend because they have more to prove. So I guess if you mend your ways uh, with an enemy, they want to prove that they're they want to prove their loyalty so they might be more apt to be loyal at that point. So I've had a I've had a situation similar to this, um, actually come up um, a couple of times in my life um, as an adult, and I wouldn't say okay. So just like last week, 
um you know it was like never uh outshine the master you know uh-huh. i think i think the terminology might be a little um alarming again on this one so mm-hmm. perhaps not necessarily your uh enemy um but how about your competition so, okay the opponent so, competition so yep. w- so what i've done in my own uh life um, when I first started my photography business, I was doing my thing. I was out meeting all these people, booking all these jobs. And then one day I ran into a guy um, at a fashion show who was also shooting uh, the fashion show. And, you know, I'm always checking out, you know, the other photographers, kind of seeing what they were, you know, what kind of uh, gear they had. And mm-hmm. then at that time, I was always kind of checking to see what kind of knowledge they had, too. So okay. I got to talking to this guy and... um he seemed to be pretty knowledgeable. Then we found out we worked for the same company, um, like our day-to-day job. And uh, and he's a cool dude. He's turned out to be a cool dude. Although he was like kind of my competition because I've seen his work before. We kind of were shooting the same types of people. Um, but what he had was he had um, some knowledge in like uh, some of the software. And he had like ways to get some of the software and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, the knowledge I had was like just the uh, technical knowledge about photography that he wasn't really up on. So okay. we were able to combine forces. We started a company together, a whole uh, photography company. Okay, um, that company lasted for about eight years or so before we kind of both decided we didn't want to do um, like weddings and stuff anymore. And uh, we both started families and stuff. That's pretty much what it was. But we became friends. We were, he yep. was a competitor, and we became friends. Um, <clears throat> now, um, the same kind of thing kind of happened after that. Another, uh, I guess, kind of competitor that I had, um, she, uh, another photographer, she saw, like, our work, and she started talking to me. So I guess she kind of came to me. You know, even I was a competitor, but she made friends with me. And now we, we don't have a company together, but we share, like, a studio together. We shoot a bunch uh-huh. of weddings together, making a lot of money together sometimes. And um, so, yeah, that's definitely something that I've put into play uh, at least a couple of times in my life. Right. Okay. So, all right. <clears throat> I think that was a pretty good example there. <clears throat> excuse me so, um sounding like i'm a little under a little under the weather myself yeah but yeah. yeah so rather than saying enemies uh we're talking an opponent or a competitor yeah. of some sort and then maybe you can join forces with them and be able to grow something that's larger and better than if you guys were single-handedly challenging each other right right now i don't know if it could be like a like a pure enemy i'm trying to think of a situation where like an enemy like could bloods and crips come together and I mean, I guess they could form like a mega gang. No, you know what? <clears throat> I was gonna I was gonna say this idea for um, it, but it totally fits right now. I was gonna save it for some of my final thoughts, but um, I did once hear that in business, there's no such thing as a permanent friend, and there's no such thing as a permanent enemy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, right. with that being said, if you guys have the proper goals in mind, you might have somebody that you can't stand. And you hate the way they do business, but if both of you have the tools to come together and work towards this one goal, 
you now become business partners, a.k.a. friends, right? So again, the terminology is not just about the friend that you grew up with, the friend from down the block. Uh, friends could just mean working together, business partners, right. um, and, and, and building something together. <clears throat> yeah, and so, you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, and so I was I was gonna I was gonna move on to the idea that he also said that uh he being Robert Green has said that, you know, friends they tend to forget the favors that they receive as if they've done or made this success on their own merit. <clears throat> and you get this a lot. You see this with stars and you see this with celebrities, you see this with uh musicians and groups. Uh, you see entourages who are pulled, you know, who are pulled along for the ride. They get to go everywhere the stars go. And then maybe they get on because maybe they can kind of rap too or they can kind of sing too and they try to do their own thing. Right. And they feel like they got there all by themselves and it causes a rift between you and your former friend because they want the recognition. They've grown envious of where you are or where you've made it or how you got there. And they feel like, well, I got here my own success all by myself. I didn't need this person. And now they become an enemy because they're challenging you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of, <laughs> it, kind of it kind of reminds me of like, um, who was it? Is it Meek Mill, Meek Mill and Drake? Mm-hmm. They kind of have that type of situation. Would you say? Is that kind of fitting? Yeah, I, I guess you would say that because it seems like that they were cool. Uh, Drake was on Meek latest Rico. album, yep. right? They was He was on the latest album. They did a song together. Shortly after the album comes out, uh, Meek Mill accuses Drake of having a ghostwriter, a person writing his raps for him, <clears> and Drake doesn't write his own raps. Which is a big which is taboo. A, which is a hell of an accusation because in rap, you're supposed to be real. You can't have anybody else write your lyrics for you. You get the side eye of someone helps you with your lyrics. So the idea of one of the biggest rappers, one of the biggest popular hip-hop artists of today not writing his own music could be a very damaging thing. Right. And so And you would think you would think that they were friends because or at least business partners because they did do a song together. And so so what happens is so he he made that accusation and I feel like Drake may have put law number 2 into play immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, because he he had a friend and I think uh Robert Greene he also said, you know, if you don't have any enemies, you know, make make enemies. Right. If you don't have any enemies, you need to make some. That's true. <coughs> Sweet, so we both over here, uh, kind of sick over here. Hacking and coughing. That's terrible, <laughs> right. man. Kids, man. And so, Kids, little germ havens. Anyway, go ahead. So, so Drake jumped all over this. He didn't try to be like, hey, man, what's wrong? Like, why are you saying this? He jumped all over it. He came out with these, these diss records, you know, and he totally took advantage of making this guy's enemy and that was probably the biggest thing of 2015 you know yep. that was the best thing that could happen to him um unfortunately in, in meek's uh meek mill's case it it didn't work out too well for him right but in it definitely break it definitely brought drake more power yeah and and he definitely used this law in the sense that he didn't he didn't put too much trust in a friend he learned how to use enemies 
what he started doing is taking people who didn't exactly jive well with Meek Mill, and now he's befriending them all. You know, um, the whole idea of an enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's right. Right? And so I think that is uh, kind of putting this law into, a, into effect. And that's, I mean, it, hap- it happens all the time. It happens every day. And when you're, when, you're, when you're going around and telling your friends what you're doing and how you're doing it, business partners, friends, family, whoever it is. Th- you know what? And they say, they say uh, friends in here, but I think they're just, again, they're just talking about people that you hold close to you. This can be family members. Right. This can totally be family members who, when you did what you can to be the best that you can and you finally get there and you might just be taking your cousin along for the ride and your cousin feels like he or she deserves a lot more than what he or she is getting and it it turns into this, you know, terrible, terrible situation and you start, you know, you start it starts eroding the friendship that you have or the relationship right. that you have. And then the next thing you know, your cousin is wanting $20,000 for your uh, laptop with your sex tape and beats on it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so with, with, with that being said, <clears throat> Robert Greene also goes on to talk about the keys of power. And he said that it's perfectly natural to want to employ your friends when you find yourself in times of need, right? Because who else would you lean on? Would you lean on enemies in the times right, of need? Go, your right? first thing you go to is you go jump to your friends. Right. You don't want to depend on a stranger. You want to depend on people that you know. But uh, the problem is you don't know your friends as well as you think you do, right? Because friends, they tell you what you want to hear. Friends, family, uh, business partners, they will agree with what you're talking about for the sake of not having a conflict or not having a disagreement. You know what I mean? So if I'm talking about that, I like something or dislike something it's very likely that they will jump on that train simply because that's the topic of conversation and they don't want to be conflicting. So now, so oh, when I, when I, when I heard that um, in the book or when I well, yeah, heard it, so I started thinking about us, right? Okay. So we're best friends. And we kind of have uh, I'm just saying that because uh, yeah, I'm just saying we're best friends because I don't I don't want to create a conflict. So I don't know if you're my best friend or not. Right, Go ahead. Right. And so <laughs> we have we have this thing, this podcast together. And of course we we talk about stuff and um we come up with ideas and sometimes you know we don't agree with the ideas or we want something to change or whatever. Do you, I mean, do you see this, like, coming to effect with us? Um, I will say that... Or how, do, how, is it, how is it coming to effect? I'm sure it has. You know, I would say that uh, I, I am one to try to compromise. So, but then again, I, I do not just sit still. And if I think it's important to me, I wouldn't sit still and hold my tongue to it. Right. So if there was something that I disagreed with, I think it's uh, um, since I'm a man. I think it's very manlike to speak uh, what you're, you know, what you think about something, especially to a friend. I feel like I can tell you anything. Yeah. So if you have an idea and I think that is whack, I'm gonna tell you that I think that is whack. I, I don't agree with it. And in this case, I don't think it's like any type of power struggle or anything. Like he was talking about, like you, you've, you've said the words employ 
a couple of times and this isn't mm-hmm. like we're employing uh, employing one another that's true you know this is just like a, a thing we just decided to do together right. as two friends it's, it's, a, it's a partnership, it's a partnership. so it's, yeah. it's not one employing the other we we each have our own separate mind we each have our own separate ideas and we are coming together to create something together and then it's yeah not like one has one's trumping the other right and then it, it is that that artistic side of things too where yeah we, like you said we're, we're creating something together so we're definitely gonna have to have these conversations or um you know these these debates about how something should go i mean we just spent two hours talking about how if Lil Yachty was worth being on the planet, you know. <laughs> I don't mind him being on the planet. I just don't want to make him music, dog. <laughs> well, I don't want his music reaching my ears. Let's put it that way. So, so yeah, I mean, it happens. It, I think it's cool. I think it's healthy for it to happen, to be especially able, in this case. But a lot of times, friends don't want to create conflict. Right. I mean, if you think about... You think about other situations with other friends you have or other relationships you have and just think about the times where you can kind of tell that they're just agreeing for the sake of agreement. And there's also been times that when I noticed that I stopped giving my uh, my opinions first, I listen for their opinions first. So if if there's going to be a disagreement, I'll be the one that makes the disagreement then. Because so, I know that if I start at the conversation, they're going to agree with the direction I take. So I like to hear them give their view of it first. So because I know I'm going to be true to what I feel. So so we had a, a law. Our first law was not outshining the master. So what mm-hmm. if so could it be put, uh, possible that they're trying to put that into play? When they're just kind uh, of agreeing. Well, see, it's not a master situation though because we're we're friends. No, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about me and you. I'm talking about like so, like just in the hypothetical, you hired somebody who's a friend. Okay. So now you are in the master role. Exactly. So okay, here's two here's two uh, laws kind of coming together. Well, see, I got that. So that's that's that would be the scary thing about it. The the point that Green is trying to make is that you don't know your friends as well as you think you do. So they're trying to employ the law of never outshining the master. Right. Well, if that's the case, that means that they're trying to gain power over you, which means that you don't know your friend as well as you think you do. Where you think you're giving your friend a job, you think you're putting him on him or her, you're giving them an opportunity. If they're trying to utilize never outshine the master to gain power over you, then you really don't know what they really feel. That's exactly what he's talking about. So this is the exact point that he's making. Right. Now, yeah, and I'm not necessarily sure if it would be, is it power over you or just trying to gain some power? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be over you, right? Um. Okay. True. Doesn't have to be over you, but it'd be gaining power at your expense, though. Because right. if it wasn't, why not try to gain power together? <clears throat> why wouldn't it be a partnership? Hey, if you give me this opportunity <clears throat> to show myself, and I do a good job, would you give me the opportunity to lead something right. different? That right. would give you power. But if you're if you're utilizing, if you're secretly employing a tactic to gain power and not telling your friend up front and being overt about it. Now I don't know you as well as I think I do. 
And this is exactly what he's talking about. So these people are covering up these unpleasant qualities so they don't offend each other. I'm covering up the fact that one day I want to step over you. You know what I mean? I'm just playing my role and being a yes man right now. So another thing that he brought up was the fact that uh, when you hire a friend, uh, you gradually discover all the qualities that they that they kept hitting. You know what I mean? So you might not you might not know those negative qualities until you start dealing with that friend more. It's kind of like the thing when uh, your parents tell you you think you're grown and you want to move out and you want a roommate with a friend, and your friends tell you don't move in with that person. You think you're best friends. But you really don't know that person as well as you think you do. Right. You move in with them, you find out how nasty they are. They don't wash the dishes. They don't like to take out the trash. They don't take showers, but every other day. And you thought you knew your best friend. They got a secret lover who, uh, where they keep a box under the bed with the balloon in the car. Exactly. Under the bed. <laughs> yeah, right. They got a little air pump, a little blow-up dial. You walk in on them on accident. You see them having fun with this thing. And I guess <clears throat> part of this whole law is the idea that friends can get close to you and learn everything about you and you still not know who they are. And once that friendship erodes, uh, they can be detrimental to your career or to your, um, your reputation, right? Uh, but enemies, on the other hand, since they were your enemy, they don't know as much about you anyway. Or since they're your competitor or opponent, you've built a wall so they can't get too close to you. And you just maintain the business portion of it. Right. You just maintain that common goal, as I right. think was, right. was the point that's being made here. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I think in the end, he was just kind of saying, you know, it's probably best to leave friends as friends. And... You know, especially especially in that, like, don't employ your friends is almost what he said in the end. Right. You, he did. He he did. He did make that point that that um, you need to you need to limit if you your, value your, that. Yeah. Yeah. If you value the friendship, you need to limit the uh, friendship and the worksmanship because you're gonna find out that. The friendship isn't as important isn't as important as the competency and the abilities of the person. You know what I mean? And, and you know what? It, that can almost start start a cycle actually because um, with my guy Joel, the one I started the first photography company with, mm-hmm. like I mean, I think uh, yeah, I already had my son um, when I met him, but I mean we. I was there for like his first kids and when he got married and like we became really good friends. I mean, he's like a brother to me now. <laughs> and so, so it kind of came full circle where a competitor or enemy or whatever w- became a friend, mm-hmm. you know? So even though it wasn't, that wasn't the reason for us dissolving the the company, but it probably was best that we did before, you know, one of us started feeling like, you know, something isn't working out. And then it started some kind of beef between the two of us. Exactly. I think and I think that's just a relationship. <clears throat> that's just good relationship advice, whether it's mother, father, brother, cousin, whether it's girlfriend, right. boyfriend, right. wife, husband. In order for any relationship to work, 
the two people or the group of people have to have the same common goal. And once one of those people lose the view of that goal or want to do something different, then that relationship is going to eventually dissolve. So you either got to see it before it happens and you stop it yourself or you get caught up in trying to make it work and trying to change that person's view and that person's idea and it just doesn't work out. You know, so you just got to let it go once you find out that things have changed, goals have changed, the the mission has changed. You got to let that relationship go. And right. so there was a reversal here. And you know what I'm noticing? Um, so there have been reversals in both of these, the first two laws that we're talking about. And right. some might think, well, you know, if he says never outshine the master, never is a really strong word. There is no such as a reversal because... You can't reverse never. You know, it's a it's a very distinct word. Never means there's no time that you do it. But he has a reversal. And in this particular time, it tells you, you know, don't put your trust in friends. You need to utilize enemies. Uh, but there's a reversal there. Why is there a reversal? And I think it's important to understand that uh, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. Right. And. Sometimes you have to do it one way, but depending on the situation, because nothing's 100 percent. He can't write this book and say, do everything this one way. He's trying to he's trying to account for the opportunities where, hey, by the way, if you do see this, you should go this way instead. Don't utilize this tactic fully. You need to do it this other way. So real um, real quick, I got to interrupt something. I thought you didn't. I thought you didn't like saying stuff like. More than one way to skin a skin a cat. I thought you didn't like saying those kind of sayings. Uh, <laughs> no, nah. my my beef we had is a conversation my, about that before. <laughs> no, my beef is with the uh, two kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, but skinning the cat is just as bad. No, it's skinning worse. The, you're not killing the cat. You just skinned it. You just took the hair off the cat, man. You skinned it. You took the skin off. It don't have skin anymore. All right, man. There well, ain't no uh, way to, there ain't no way to uh, live his life, man. All right, I'm sorry. I, I just <laughs> no, man. Skin, skinning the cat is taking the hair off. Though you can't take the skin off a cat. You just take the hair off. You just you just cutting the hair. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna go off too far because we only got a few more minutes. Uh, yeah, man. This thirty minutes is rough. And so in this reversal, he was talking about that there are times when you have to use friends more than enemies, and um. <laughs> I can't relate to this because I haven't had this happen before, but he was saying that powerful people often have to do uh, dirty work. And it's best that you have people like friends do that for you because your friends will be willing to take that risk for you. So if there's some work that you don't want to do, like let's say that it doesn't have to be negative. So in doing a dirty work, it doesn't mean you got your henchman going to go kill this guy in the street. It might be something like, all right, I'm uh, some type of artist, or hey, I got a podcast and I need to advertise. I need to stick up all of these flyers on the telephone poles, right? You don't get your enemies to stick your flyers up on the telephone poles. You're going to tell your most trusted friends to stick the flyers up on the telephone poles. You know what I mean? And uh, your close friends would be more willing to take that risk for you. And if they don't do it right, 
then you also have the opportunity to have a scapegoat as well. So if you're working for, let's say I'm working for some big business and I'm doing my podcast and they tell me exactly how to put my flyers up. I have my friend do it. He does it wrong. I can say, hey, man, I, I employ somebody else to do it. And it's like, well, they did it wrong, so get rid of them. You can use that friend or that person that did it for you as a scapegoat. Uh, you obviously don't do that to your closest friends because if you use them as a scapegoat and something negative happens to them, like if they get fired, then you've just killed that relationship. Well, so, I was gonna oh, say, Jay Z did it. We just talked about it. How he used like Freeway and Beanie Siegel to go at the locks. <laughs> that is very true. So, all right. So, what we talked about is Jay Z, big time rapper, one of the best to ever pick up a microphone Biggest and do hip hop music. Powerful guy. Right. And then there's these other rappers that were hard and gritty. Their name is the locks. So there was some type of beef between them. And instead of Jay-Z making all the rap diss songs, he took his young cronies, his foot soldiers, if you will. And he might say a couple of words on the track saying, yeah, we're about to diss this person, yada, yada, yada. Freeway, get him. And he would have his, his young foot soldiers Yo, going freeway. at these guys. Yeah, exactly. He'll have them going at these guys, have them doing this dirty work for him so he didn't have to be the one doing all the rap and coming up with the raps. He got his little guys doing it for him, which would be his friends that he has doing it for right, him. Right. And uh, I don't know what their relationship is like now, but... Uh, they're done. They're done. done. <laughs> they're done. So again, they weren't close, close, close friends. They were just in business together. They were there for a purpose. They served that purpose. Once that purpose is done, they were disposable. Yeah. So that's another example. That's another example of that. And that would be, again, that would be the reversal. So, again, I don't think there's just one way to do this. Um, and I don't think Robert Greene is trying to tell you that there's one way to go about it. Go ahead say it's more, more than one way to skin a cat. You know you want to say it again. Yeah, definitely. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Some people use tweezers. Some people use a razor. You know what I'm saying? Some people use boiling hot water. There you go. And some people use boiling hot water. I think the razor would probably be easiest. Or you can do it the hard way and just tweeze everything out yourself. But the point is, there's more than one way to do it. And I think Robert Greene did his best to account for all of those ways. Again, he makes a great point. Um, I guess my final thoughts would be at the end of the day, um, there there have to be boundaries between your friendship and your business because if you mix, you know, they say don't miss business with pleasure because right. if you do, those things will get twisted up and either your business is going to go bad or the pleasure is going to go wrong and that whole relationship will be down the drain. So if, right. you cross the, if, you, if you cross the two of those, it's just going to be a really bad situation, man. Be careful of that. All right, guys, and we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, one day I'm going to get my life together and be a lot more respectable or respectful and um, actually come up with a proper in, um, outro for this show. My bad. Sorry. And just uh, for next week's show, what do we have? Law number three, yep. which is conceal your intentions. Nice. So that's going to be a good one. Concealing that sounds so deceptive. Yeah. Sounds so deceptive. That's what it is. I told you, man. This this book is the uh, the Bible for deception. This is a handbook for deception. 
Right. And, and, and we talked in the preface that deception doesn't have to be bad. I gave examples of yeah. when you use deception every day. You listeners, you deceive people every single day. And it's not exactly a bad thing. It's just a different way to go about it. Right. And, um, and also just be sure uh, to check out the Corporate Streets podcast. Don't forget it. That is the podcast where we can uh, be um, explicit with our content. Dirty. And, um, we can be real dirty. Yeah, it has the explicit tag on it. Um, and also, be sure you can uh, email us at thecorporatestreets at gmail.com. That is T-H-E, corporate streets with a Z at gmail.com. Yeah. We are in these Twitter streets. Um, I think our, what's our tag? What is our, our name on our corp streets? Yep, at Court Streets. At yep. Court Streets. Um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, not really active right now, but we're getting there. We're trying. God we're is, trying to be active. God is working on us, and we we getting our life together, okay? So, <laughs> so this is the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the Powercast where uh, we help you get more powerful and better and stuff. And get your life together. Get your life. Yeah. All right, and try something different for a change. Peace. <laughs> peace. Life enrichment and goal attainment. Thank you for listening to the corporate streets 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 the corporate streets